Bibles and find Isaiah. Go to the sixth chapter, if you will. The book of Isaiah. We'll read the first few verses and uh, take a look at something tonight. And uh, I'll try not to keep you long. And uh, Isaiah chapter number six. All right. Y'all pray for me and my wife, and uh, more so me. So in the morning, me and Michelle are leaving out at five o'clock in the morning. This is why I need you to play more so for me, because she, at times, don't like to be, come on, help me out, y'all. She don't like to be woke up that early, all right? And so anyhow, uh, uh, this could be very dangerous for me, and I'm not talking about being out on the road that early, all right? So y'all pray for me. But tomorrow, I'll be traveling to uh, North Augusta, South Carolina, up to Victory Baptist Church, and I will be preaching uh, tomorrow morning in their chapel services, and then I'll be teaching the college class uh, after that, and then that tomorrow night, I am preaching at Canaan Baptist Church in Augusta, and uh, they've uh, they've moved their services from tonight to tomorrow night, and uh, want me to come in for a little revival. So if you will, please pray for us as we travel tomorrow. Starting early, it'll be a long day for me, all right? And uh, anyhow, pray for my wife, too, because uh, she, she sees 5 o'clock in the morning like once a year, all right? And so anyhow, if you will, pray for her. All right, Isaiah chapter number 6. If you're there, I want you to say amen. Oh, all right, stand to your feet and let's read, if you will, and uh, stretch and get it all stretched out and all that. Now, if you were to worship like you're supposed to, you'd be all stretched out, ready to run a lap, all right? The Bible says in verse number one, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another. This is the angels, the seraphims. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy. I like that. Is everybody all right? I told the Bible college last night, I said, you know, there's a, one holy would have been enough. I need somebody to help me. One holy would have been enough, but he was looking at three. Oh, I need, man, he was looking at three. Now, I can prove this in Scripture. Is everybody ready? Because as we read in here, I want you to look for the Trinity in the in the uh, uh, verses in the in the verses we're going to read, I want you from this point to look for the Trinity. But I like this. They cried out, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory." And the post of the door moved at the voice of Him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I. Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. I need somebody to help me right there. It sounds like he lives in Lake Park. 
right? Or Lowndes County, at least. Y'all help me now. All right. This for I think I think that this might pertain to us a little bit. The Bible says, "For mine eyes." have seen the king. You'll notice in verse number one when he talks about King Uzziah, it's a little K. But now he's looking at the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the Lord of hosts. The Bible says in verse number six, then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? (laughs) Hey, what? Huh? Huh? What? Oh, yeah. It kind of reminds me all the way back in Genesis when God created man. He said, let us form man in our image, right? But here it is. He says, who shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I. Send me. Verse number nine. We'll end right here. And he said, Go. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. And God, we're thankful, Lord, for this opportunity once again to open up your word and to learn from it. Lord, I pray that you'd meet with us tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd penetrate our hearts with your word. May it change our lives. And Lord, we'll be sure to thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can have a seat. Thank you so much. As we get the context of what's going on here, more than likely, uh, this, this has been debated over and over again. Is this actually the start of the book of Isaiah as far as chronologically. In other words, this some call the calling of Isaiah to ministry. But Isaiah has already given us five chapters worth of his writing. So is this really the calling? Is he just coming in at a later date? Is this the calling or is there something different that changes at this point. I'm not sure. It's been debated, and so we'll not debate it here. I'm not really sure as to how to give you an answer to this, but what I do know is that Isaiah was a good man at the time of this writing. At the time of this vision, Isaiah was a prophet, and at the time of this vision, Isaiah was a godly man. Now, that's important, and we'll get back to that here in a little bit, but Isaiah was a godly man at the time of this vision. But the text tells us that this is a time when King Uzziah died. And for those of you that may not know, Isaiah, he prophesied to the southern kingdom. So at this time, Israel is divided into the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, and he is a prophet to the southern kingdom. He will prophesy according to chapter number one and verse number one. He prophesied during the time of Uzziah, during the time of Jotham, during the time of Ahaz, and during the time of Hezekiah. Now, there's two good kings listed on that. One of them is Uzziah. The other one is Hezekiah. Both of them, though, failed late in their reigns or late in their ministry as kings over Israel. Uzziah did 
when Uzziah went into the temple and he tried to burn incense because the priests would not. And if you'll remember from scripture, maybe you can maybe you've heard this before, but Uzziah was angry with the priests because they would not do this and so he went in and he had the burning the incense in his hand, it was burning and as he went in the leprosy rose up on his forehead. And the Bible tells us that he died a leper. God gave him leprosy because he usurped the authority of the priest as king. You could not hold both offices. I need somebody to help me. I'm done thinking of somebody that can hold both offices and his name is Jesus Christ. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords and according to the Bible he is our high priest. And so anyhow Uzziah took this incense and he went in to offer it unto the Lord but he was not a priest and therefore God God struck him with leprosy. And, and now the Bible is telling us that this king, which by the way is considered to be one of the most godly kings, all right, that the southern kingdom had, this king has now died. Now, I'm going to give you something right here that's not a part of the sermon, but I promise you it has some uh, abearance to it. Uh, Uzziah went into the temple and abused his authority and he tried to offer incense when it was not his place and God struck him with leprosy. His son, Jotham, took over the throne and Jotham refused to go into the temple because of what had happened to his father. Then Ahaz, who was the son of Jotham, who was the grandson of Uzziah, he went straight into satanic worship and offered his children up to idols. Is everybody all right? In other words, what I'm trying to tell you is, is our handling of God's house, all right, it can directly impact not only our children, but our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, all right? So I want you to be aware of this because the godliest king that we know of as far as the southern kingdom was Uzziah, but his son wanted nothing to do with it, and the Bible says that he would not go into the temple, and so he never worshipped, and then the, the, uh, uh, his son Ahaz, who was the grandson of the godliest king that ever sat on the throne in the southern kingdom, being Uzziah, he offered his children children to idols. He went straight into satanic worship. And it wasn't until Hezekiah came after him that the people turned back to God. Now, let me get back to the sermon. So in verse number one, we're given the context that Uzziah, this is the year that he died. This is a godly king. And so how many of you know this? When a godly leader or a great leader departs, there's always that unknown. Can I get a witness? You don't know what's coming next, right? You'd like to believe that the next one was going to be just as good as the last one, but the truth is history bears itself out that many times the, the good ones are followed by bad ones. So uh, this was very depressing to the prophet Isaiah. And so as he's ministering here to us and he's telling us this, I want you to be in that mindset and I want you to understand where you, uh, uh, Isaiah may have possibly been uh, concerning the death of Uzziah. So he was more than likely discouraged. He was more than likely maybe even depressed. He was more than likely definitely in fear of the unknown. And God gives him a vision. And I want you to notice something about that vision. It was God. The vision was the Lord sitting upon the throne. What are you trying to say, preacher? 
preacher, I'm trying to say that no matter how difficult things look in your life, no, no, different, no, uh, no matter how difficult the future looks for you, God is still on the throne. Maybe the, hey, the earthly king might have been buried in a grave, but God was still sitting on the throne. The true God of Israel, he never left his position. Even though these men uh, wore a crown, and even though these men sat on an earthly throne, the God of Israel, his position and his authority never changed. And so Isaiah seen him, Isaiah had a vision of God more than likely because of his uh, concern and his uh, discouragement over the death of Uzziah. God gives him a vision and in his vision Isaiah gets to see God himself in his vision sitting on the throne. Now we also understand from verse number 1 of chapter number 6 that this took place in the temple because the Bible says that this train filled the temple. And so as we look at this tonight, I'm going to preach on this topic from woe to go. All right, from woe to go, all right. And that let me say this, without any woe there is no go. All right, I'll get to it, all right. Without a woe, there is no go. And so as we look at this tonight, I want you to notice three things that Isaiah seen, three things that he went through, that he experienced here in these verses that led him from woe to go. I want you to notice, first off, he saw the greatness of God. I want you to notice, first off, he's seen the greatness of God. He's seen God's sovereignty. Though Uzziah had died and though Uzziah was no longer king, there was one that sat on the throne. There was one that still ruled over Israel. There was one who still had all power and all authority and it was not replaced by a grave. It was not replaced by a, a, a a leprosy it was not replaced because he is no longer with us this was the king of kings and the lord of lords Isaiah seen the greatness of God and he seen it in his sovereignty he also seen it in his majesty excuse me majesty he seen it in his majesty the Bible says he's sitting on the throne look at this high and lifted up and the Bible tells us that there were seraphims that was surrounding him and that were crying out Holy, holy, holy. So Isaiah, not only did he see God's greatness in his sovereignty, but he seen it in his majesty and he seen it in his holiness. His holiness. These angels cried out, holy, holy, holy. This man thought, listen to me, this is it. This man thought that he was a good man. This man thought he's a prophet. He's walked in. Now God's given him a, a vision. He is, no doubt, probably more than likely thinking, man, I have arrived right? I have been given this special revelation. God thinks highly of me to allow me to see all of this, but the truth was when he got a good glimpse of who God really was, Isaiah said, woe is me. He said, I am undone. You know what the problem with most of us are today is we have a high uh, 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 
um, uh, thought process when it comes to us. We think that we have it all figured out. We think that we're doing God a service when we come to church. We think that we're doing God a service when we go into ministry. But the truth is, Isaiah was every bit of this, but when he come into God's presence and he saw God for who he really was, he stopped for a moment and he said, Woe is me. He said, I am undone. Can I say this tonight? There's many of us that God would do great things with if we ever got to the same place Isaiah did. I want you to listen to me and listen to me good because we all struggle with this very same thing. Every single one of us, we struggle with this same thing. We think that we have arrived. We think that we're doing pretty good. No matter where we're at in life, we think, you know what? I'm not that bad of a person. But when you see God for who He is, can you imagine as Isaiah stood there and he looked upon God and he seen these angels who were holy, these angels who were perfect, these angels who were out sin, these angels that were flying around with their eyes covered because they could not look upon God with their feet covered because they could show no nakedness before God. And they're crying out, holy, holy, holy. Can you imagine what somebody, one of us would think? Come on, y'all help me now. Isaiah, all of a sudden, for the first time in his life, he realized that it doesn't matter how holy I am or how righteous I think that I am. I am undone when it comes to His holiness. God is set apart from His creation. He's not your buddy. He's not the man upstairs. Uh, He's not somebody to be flippantly talking about. He's not somebody that you can talk to however you want to. I need somebody to help me. Man, I remember growing up, my mama, she was famous for her backhand, right? If you, is everybody all right? I know, I know some of y'all, y'all don't understand that because y'all got time out and stuff, but we didn't get that stuff growing up. And so anyhow, my mama was famous for her backhand. And you didn't have to say anything. I need somebody to help me. You didn't have to say anything to get hit. Your facial expression could get you knocked out. If I've heard once, I've heard a thousand times, boy, don't you roll your eyes at me while I'm picking myself up off the floor. Because mama didn't allow you to just talk. I mean, come on. Mama didn't allow you to just talk to her any way that you wanted to. And if daddy was in the room and you talked to mama any way you wanted to, not only did you get the backhand, but while you were getting up, you would hear his belt coming through all six loops at warp speed. Can I get a witness? And a beating would ensue. Because you don't talk to authority any way you want to. But can you imagine? One of the things that he confessed is, I have unclean lips. How many times have you and I said something against God? How many times have you and I talked to God like he was our buddy that we were? Come on, y'all help me. Isaiah seen him and his holiness. 
Isaiah was in his presence and seen his holiness. That holiness means God could not be in the presence of sin. First John says it uh, uh, something like this. Let me get over there. First John says it something like this. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse number six above that. Verse number five, I'll go up to that. It says, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So as you can imagine, Isaiah was standing there and he was looking at God and all of his holiness and all of his light. And all of a sudden, all of his darkness was revealed in him. Even though Isaiah could have stood there with many a man and said, I'm a good person. He could have stand there and he could have compared himself to others in Israel. Matter of fact, you go back to chapter number 5 and you'll find out that God had a few woes concerning the nation of Israel. And it wasn't pretty at all. But as you go back, he could have stood there and he said, but God, I'm better than all of them. I've never done this, God. I've always served you. I've always, he could have done all of that. But when he came into the presence of God, as righteous as he might have been, he was undone. Woe is me. Tonight, I want to challenge us. We're coming up next Tuesday night. We're going to have our service, our midweek services moved back to Tuesday night because of Thanksgiving, and we're going to do communion. We're going to participate in communion, and let me say this, we will be in the presence of God. I've seen it way too many times. We've done this too many years. We get, I'm telling you, this service, you will enjoy it. God's presence will be felt in this building, and you will stand in the presence of God, either in your self-righteousness, or you'll say, woe is me. He saw the greatness of God. Number two, he experienced the grace of God. He experienced the grace of God. His wickedness was revealed through the angels, through their worship. Here he was, an imperfect being. Here they were, perfect beings without sin. And yet, they still reverenced God and reverenced his holiness to the point that when Isaiah looked upon the angels and their perfection and seen their reverence and their humility before God, all of a sudden he recognized and had to come face to face with who he really was. Did you get it? Did you get it? His wickedness was revealed. It could be said about him that he was righteous, but he says this, I am a man of unclean lips. Now listen here, I'm not saying that Isaiah, and he's not saying that his only sin was his lips or his mouth, but I want, you to, I want to remind you that Jesus said this, from out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You want to find where wickedness is, it comes out. And he says, I am a man of unclean lips. The Bible tells us he experienced the grace of God. So how did he do that? I want you to notice this. He, his wickedness was revealed through the angels. His ruin was assumed by the scriptures. 
He said this. He said, I am undone. What does that mean? It means he was saying, I am ruined. In other words, I am in trouble. Because no man had seen God and lived. And apparently, he's so holy that the angels cannot look upon him because they cover their eyes in his presence. Are y'all with me? And so here he is looking at God, a vision of God. And according to the scriptures, Isaiah thought he was fixing to die. His wickedness was revealed by the angels, and now his ruin is assumed because of the scriptures. He had it in his mind, I'm fixing to die. I'm looking at God. I'm seeing God in his holiness. I am a wicked man, and I, mm, is everybody all right? But his, his humility was displayed. He, he says, woe is me, for I am undone. And he began, not only is his humility was displayed, but his confession was communicated. I am a man of unclean lips. Bible says if we confess our sins, come on, y'all. He is faithful and just to forgive us, right, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so here Isaiah gets a good glimpse of the Lord. He sees God for who he really is, and Isaiah sees himself for who he really is. And he realizes, come on, y'all, maybe y'all ain't understanding this, but he realized where he should be. We almost sang mercy tonight. We almost sang mercy tonight. I kind of wish that we did because the truth of the matter is is that any of us that stood before God, if we got what we deserved, would all be like him, ruined. But God shows mercy. And through his confession, we see his cleansing was initiated. The angel went took a pair of tongs and got a live coal off of the fire. No doubt we're in the temple, right? He's sitting. Where would God be sitting in the temple? On the throne. But where's the throne located? In the Holy of Holies. Man, I, can I, I, I ain't got time to preach this. But the Ark of the Covenant is always a representation of the presence of God and the throne of God, the seat of God, right? It was located in the Holy of Holies, and on top of it was another piece of furniture, which was the mercy seat. And on the mercy seat was beaten out of pure gold, and there was two angels. There was angels on both sides of the mercy seat. Now I want you to go back and let's look at this vision that Isaiah had as he looked at God, and the seraphims were flying... As he looked at God and the seraphims was flying around. Mm. I, I ain't got time to preach it. We'll do that another time. But I, 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 man, when I looked at that thing, you got to go back to the temple. You got to go back to the tabernacle. You got to remember what God has already taught them. You have to remember that God told uh, uh, Moses to pattern the tabernacle after the one that he had seen in heaven. And so Isaiah is literally standing in the temple, and there he is. He is looking at the Ark of the Covenant. He is looking at God on the throne. He is looking at the mercy seat. And this, this angel goes and grabs a live coal off of the fire, which, by the way, wouldn't be the altar of incense. It would have been all the way back at the beginning, right? 
the, the, the uh, a brazen altar. This is where sacrifice had to be paid. This is where sins had to be dealt with. This is where the judgment of God started. And they brought that live coal and they placed it on his lips. He confessed, I am a man of unclean lips. And the angel initiated his cleansing with a hot coal placed on his lips. I like this. When we go back and we think about the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The cleansing of the heart comes (laughs) through the mouth. Matter of fact, this is what he said. He said, thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin purged. Is everybody with me? Hey, he wasn't the only one to have this kind of reaction when he's seen God. Matter of fact, Job, in Job chapter number 42, verse number 5 says, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Listen to what Job said. Now, let me, let me give some context. Job argued with his friends. They said, man, there's something wrong with you. You don't sin against God. And, and Job said, as far as I know, I am righteous. As far as Job knew, as far as he was concerned, Job had not sinned against God. And he said, as far as I know, I am righteous. But this is what he said when he seen God. He says, I, he says uh, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye seeth thee. Listen to this. Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Daniel, he seen him. He says, when Daniel seen him, this is what he said. Therefore, I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me for my comeliness. He's talking about those things that look good about me. He's talking about those things that that look well about me. He says, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. The Uh, Apostle John seen him on the Isle of Patmos. And the Bible says that when he saw him, he says, and when I saw him, listen to this, I fell at his feet as dead. When Paul got got to thinking about the Lord and his holiness and his glory, this is what Paul said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I need somebody to help me tonight. Before there's a go, there has to be a woe. There has to be a woe. And many Christians today walk in and out of church and they don't get a good glimpse of God. And because they never get a good glimpse of God, they never get a good glimpse of themselves. I say, preacher, am I need to ask God for a vision? No, absolutely not, because we have... The Word of God. And therefore, you and I can look into the Word of God. And if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we'll have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. That means it can, come on, y'all. It continually cleanses us. The problem with too many Christians today, we ain't walking in the light. We ain't walking in the Word. Therefore, we're not seeing God for who he is. And we're living our lives based on what we reason in our mind. Well, I'm all right. I'm not as bad as so-and-so. 
I mean, I, I, I mean, it, 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 I'm not, I'm not as bad as as some of the people that come into church. We like to, come on, y'all help me. We like to assume things. I'm fixing to make somebody mad. I hope they ain't in here, all right? <clears throat> but the other night, I, I, I was somewhere, me and Michelle was somewhere. I'm going to be real careful how I do this. But this person was real mad at me, Miss Helen. They were upset with me. Somebody tried to introduce me to them. And this is what she said. I know who he is. He's somebody to help me. Now, I was having to be the preacher, so I couldn't just... I, I had to be the preacher. Everybody all right? She said, I know who he is. I stuck my hand out, Miss Julie. Somebody's introducing me to this woman. I, I stuck my hand out, brother. And when I said, she says, I, I know who he is, and turned from me. She was married, and her husband wasn't there, Jesse. It would have been on, man. I'd have slapped him for her, all right, and pleaded the blood. <clears throat> Miss Michelle was standing there beside me, and she's the diplomat of the family. She's the Holy Ghost, right? Holy Ghost too, right? So she's trying, to, she's trying to smooth this whole thing over, and on the inside, I'm like, hold on a minute. I'm here on your behalf. I'm here for you. I don't want to be here. There's a hundred different places that I would rather be than standing where I'm standing right now, and I'm fixing to do something for you that I, I, I would just assume not do. I, I, is everybody all right? Because Georgia was playing Mississippi, and I, I wanted to watch the game. So here I am. She says, I know him. So my diplomatic wife, God love her, how do you know him? <laughs> you know what she said? That motorcycle. He rides that motorcycle every day to church, all times of the night. That thing wakes up everybody in the neighborhood. Is everybody all right? Every, I, I, we live over there by, and it wakes up everybody in the neighborhood. My neighbor's got kids, and they wake up the kids and everything. I said, woman, I ain't even drove my motorcycle. I ain't rode my motorcycle but like three or four times in the last year. She was talking about Frank mad at me. Huh? I need somebody to help me. She was mad at Frank, but it was taking it out on me. She didn't even know who it was. Can I say this? We like to assume the worst in people. And so it's easy for us to judge ourselves based off of somebody else because what we see in somebody else is the worst of them and what we see in ourselves is the best of us. And I can prove it because every time you get on, on Facebook, you don't go on there and confess all your sins. You go on there and try to tell the whole world how great your life is. And we do the same thing with God. We come into the presence of God, we sit in the church service, and we act like that you and I deserve to be here, and it is a blessing that God would, uh, 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 that, that we have graced God with our presence. We say things like we want to do something for God, but yet we come in like God owes us. Come on, y'all, help me. Isaiah got a good glimpse of God, and he said, Woe is me, for I am undone. He's seen the greatness of God. Do you understand how great God is tonight? I ain't talking about, oh, God's great and God's good. Let, him bless, let us bless him for our food, whatever. I don't even know how that stuff goes. We didn't teach it to our kids. Is everybody all right? They had to, they had to throw a real prayer out for their food. <laughs> but we have this idea that God is great because we say it all the time. But do we really understand how great God is? 
perfect being surround the throne day and night, 24-7, and their only job is to cry out to one another, holy, holy, holy. And yet we feel like we can live our life however we want to and come into the presence of God, and it's all going to be okay. He's seen the greatness of God. Then he experienced the grace of God. But then he participated in the goal of God. Had to go back and think about my line. Isaiah's standing there, and he's watching all of this, and, man, he is undone. And he says, I, I'm a man of unclean lips. And the angel comes with a coal fire, and he places it on his lips, and he says, you're cleansed. Thy sins have been purged. And then guess what Isaiah wanted to do? Anything. I'm going to let that cook for a minute. He wanted to do anything. Are you getting it? Check out. Check out the next verse. Verse number 8 right there. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Stop right here and let me tell you something. He wasn't asking Isaiah. Here the Trinity is talking amongst themselves. And they say, whom shall I send? God, everybody right? God the Father. He looks over there at the Son, the Holy Spirit. says, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Isaiah overhears it, right? He didn't even know what he was getting himself into. I'll do it. Then said I, here am I. Dalton calling people, asking you to get busy in the church, asking you to do things in the church, asking you to volunteer in the church. I can't do it. I can't do that. I can't do this. Maybe you need a good glimpse of God. I promise you, you get a good glimpse of God, you'll experience the grace of God. Oh, I need somebody to help me. I need somebody that's experienced the grace of God and realize that God will forgive you. No matter, preacher, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. The Bible says that if you'll confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you. The problem with many of us, the reason we don't have no fire in us is because we got all that sin. We've learned how to live with it. We've learned how, we've learned how to go through life carrying that weight that sin that does so easily beset us, that, that weight, that baggage. And we say things like, I, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. But yet, if I was to ask you, do you want to serve God? Oh, yeah, I want to serve God. I want God to use me. Isaiah went from, woe is me. Here am I. Send me. <laughs> Man, I like this. I wish I could do some preaching right here for a long time. But he said, send me. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to go. I'll go. Don't worry about it, God. All he said was, I'm available. If you choose, if it's your will, send me. What most of us can't accept is sometimes God send us over to a, to a corner to wait. Sometimes he sends us to a place to prepare we don't want all that we want the the final 
God, I don't want to go through the process. I just want the end results. But Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. And he said, go. I'm done. I want to tell you this, though. Isaiah's ministry was to go and preach to a bunch of people that would not accept it. He was to go and preach to a bunch of people that would be hard-hearted, that would blame him, that would get upset with his ministry. That's what he got himself into. But God used him. God used him not only to pronounce judgment on Israel, but God used him to let Israel know that he was restore them. Everybody with me? We find more prophecies in the book of Isaiah than we do any other prophet. Isaiah is quoted from in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament book. Isaiah prophesied about our Messiah. God used him, but it wasn't until he got a good glimpse of God and a good glimpse of himself. Bow your heads with me tonight. If you're getting baptized, you come on and Dalton will get you ready. How many of us tonight need to find a place around the altar? How many of us tonight need to come before the throne and say, God, woe is me. Woe is me. I'm, I'm undone. Good place to start tonight is in confession. God, I have sinned. I have done this. I've done whatever. The key to go is woe. When we see ourselves for who we really are and when we see Him for who He really is, our journey begins. Isaiah was inspired by what he saw. Isaiah was willing to do whatever. Tonight, are you willing? Tonight, are you clean? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. God, I thank you, Lord, for tonight. I thank you for your word. God, as I look at my own life, as I look at my life and compare it to your word, God, I'm undone. Woe is me. There's things that I have conquered as far as sin, but there are so many things in my life, Lord, that need to be dealt with. God, I pray that you'd work in every person in this room, every person in this building, every person under the sound of my voice. God, I pray tonight, Lord, we got a glimpse of you. I pray tonight we got a true glimpse of ourselves. I pray that we come to ourselves. Confess our faults, our failures, our sins. 
Lord, be cleansed. Lord, I pray that through this service, men and women would be inspired to serve you. Lord, to go. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to carry what we heard tonight home, apply it to our lives, become better for it. Lord, we'll be sure to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise for it. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.